a Lifetime original podcast. I said this monologue belongs in the Lifetime Museum. That belongs in the Lifetime Museum. Then I said there should be a Lifetime Museum. Then my third point is the house that this movie takes place in should be the Lifetime Museum. And I think it's on us to open it. I don't know who else is going to do that work. (laughs) I love a Lifetime movie. Babies don't need to do staycations. Your little friend came to my job. It was close talking in my face about how I need a man. The life expectancy of white dads in Lifetime films is 42. I have a very big problem when someone's supposed to be hot and they're not. Go smoke a cigarette. Do normal teen things, okay? I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> Look, David, I am sorry about your parents. Yeah, me too. But you need to listen to me. I don't know what kind of ridiculous game you think you're playing with my daughter, but it comes to an end right now. Hello and welcome to our 99th episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. That may be right, that may be wrong, but I'm going with it. I am Megan Gailey, joined by my gorgeous, hilarious co-host, Naomi Ekparrigan. Hi, Naomi. Hello, Megan Gailey. I did just rearrange myself to cover up the exercise bike that's basically just holding clothes at this point. So I said, let me adjust to myself. I didn't even know you had an exercise bike. Oh, barely. We're This is the one that we have to give away to Goodwill. But of course, have we gotten it out of the door? No. So now it's just, it's holding clothing. We had 1-800-JUNK come today. Oh, and okay. um, my favorite my favorite joke to do with them is when CJ's like, is there anything else they can take? And I point at myself. Oh, and then they go, she's relatable. I mean, it's not great, but it, it'll do in a pinch if you need a joke with the junk people. <laughs> Megan, everything you say is perfect. And I'm telling you that because it's almost your birthday. <gasps> this episode is coming out on my birthday eve. And you may think, how does she know that? Well, I'm one of those people that likes my birthday. <laughs> Sue me. Sue me. I mean, what are you going to do? What's the decision? As someone who likes their birthday, who's drinking out of a mug with their name on it, you know, you're obviously having no problem celebrating yourself. So I'm having an emergency out of a Megan mug because Conrad is suffering his first cold. Okay. I don't know. I texted you before and I'm like, so we're two and a half weeks out. We record these in advance and then they come to you. So my birthday, we're two and a half weeks out. And I said, what do we do? It's like, I'm going to be 37. No one cares about that age. Wow, you're so young. It's not flashy. It's not cool. It's like, and I've had a baby. Like, I've been celebrated enough. I think you were Mm. feeling this way about your birthday and your upcoming wedding. It's like, do I do I need more from people? So I don't know what to do. It's like, what I really, CJ was like, do you want to just go stay at a hotel? And I was like, maybe. Maybe I want to. But here's my question, though. If you go and have a hotel night, is Conrad there, too? No, he's probably at home. And then I probably miss him because I go, I want to spend my first birthday as a mama with my baby. Oh, isn't that so cute to me? I'm like, if he's there, then it's not a celebration. But this is why you're a mother and I'm not. I'm not bringing him to a hotel. He doesn't. Babies don't need to do staycations. They have too much (laughs) stuff. They'd be, he would be livid. He'd be like, why am I in Santa Monica? I don't want to be here, mama. Also, his life is a staycation. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're a baby, it's like every day's vibes. Every day's a chill zone. Especially a baby in LA. It's like, he doesn't even know the snow. He knows a raindrop here and there, Mm -hmm. but I don't even take him out in the rain. So it's like, he barely does. Yeah. So the options range from, I think at this age, like going to dinner Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all the way up to like, 
we go to Vegas and obviously I'm not <laughs> going to Vegas again. It's like, if I go to Vegas one more time, they're going to go, are you trying to run? Are you trying to like move here? Are you dr- running drugs? Quite honestly, are you Absolutely. running drugs? Because you're in Vegas way too often and yes. it's not that fun. So you're coming for reasons that no one can, can fathom. I did go to Jumbo's Clown Room recently, which oh. is like a cool, I would say, pro say it's a cool pro women strip club <laughs> okay you mean like it's politics are cool because it's always i've never been inside but it has real um i get the sense that they need to vacuum the carpets well thankfully it's no carpet i went and I, the best thing happened to me i knew one of the dancers and like she got off the stage and was like Megan, like so excited to see me and it was the coolest i've ever felt in my life yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, how did you know her? Was she a former comedian or current comedian? She is a wrestler, too. Oh, okay. Yes. Your WWE connection. She, no, uh, totally different. She had done a sports show of mine where she and her wrestling partner taught me how to, like, body slam someone. Wow. Do you hear this, girl? Do you hear our Megan? Our Megan who contains multitudes? Our Megan who reads a book a week? Who knows wrestlers who can body slam someone? This is our girl. This is our girl. I honestly think I got, I think Kara Clank body slammed me and everyone was like, Megan, we thought we were going to watch you break your back. Like it was like, like everyone was like, there should have been a mat. There should have been a spotter. I go, well, we're winging it. Oh my God. There wasn't a mat. Oh Lord. You got to stop doing this non-union stuff, Gailey. Okay. I was on the stage at UCB Franklin. It's like (laughs) barely passing code. Oh, my God. They don't even have an accessible bathroom. So, you know, they're not bringing a damn mat for people. Speaking of... Celebrations. Not being up to code. Well, and birthdays. You're right. This movie is... This is definitely a birthday film. This is about birthdays and the darkness that can come with them. Yeah. The movie we are talking to you about today is called The Wrong Valentine. All right. And it's about Emily, a bright young high school student who doesn't have the easiest time making friends. Her birthday is on Valentine's Day, and she has yet to find a guy, let alone a Valentine of her very own. As luck would have it, the new boy at school has his eye on her and could be the one. But Emily quickly finds out her funny Valentine has disturbing ulterior motives. This movie stars Mariah Robinson and Vivica A. Fox. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say Vivica makes a cameo. Okay, I needed more. It's a cam. It's starring is a strong word. I mean, she's Vivica, so she's always starring. Right. But it's very much cameo vibes. And it's a wrong. So once well, we see wrong, we go. Which I thought it was misuse of wrong. Wow. I think if you're going to tell me it's a wrong, I'm going to need more Vivica. Well, that's what I was thinking. This I felt. Quite honestly, let us get into it, you guys. We're just going to get into it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so we start on what looks to be a mom and a daughter. That's the vibes Mm -hmm. I'm getting, even without anyone saying a word. They're sitting on the couch, and they're 
watching television. But what we see first is the closed circuit cameras. Looks like, you know, the house has security footage. Yeah, security cameras. And we're seeing a hooded figure walking around the house. Oh my God, a Mm -hmm. black mother and daughter. A black mother and daughter, a hooded figure outside. I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Right out of the gates. This couch that, so they're snuggled up on the couch watching a movie together. It looks so uncomfortable. Like it is a Victorian couch that they would maybe have in like a tea parlor at a rich person's house. Like, you well, this not whole house. Be, I, well, and this, this whole house, <laughs> this couch is the gateway drug to the rest of the house because yeah. it's like, I saw that couch and I'm like, never in the world would I be sitting that close to my mother. And I'm yeah. close. <laughs> Like, yeah, and y'all are real close. Y'all are and real close. And I'd go, you don't need to be sitting. Don't sit there. A teenage girl is like, I'm going to cuddle with my mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> but after this, they are sitting there. Also, what's funny is that they're watching the movie, but they're watching it very quietly. Like, no, no words are being exchanged. And I'm like, there is no way. If I'm sitting at home watching a movie, I got something to say the whole time. Okay? Like, that's what I'm doing when I'm watching a movie at home. It's the whole point of watching at home is that you can be rude. You can get up. You can be like, this bitch. Like, real life. You know what I mean? Like, I can lean into all of my thoughts and feelings. How does Andy feel about that? You know what? He doesn't mind. Okay, he, doesn't, he knows what he's gotten into. He knows yeah. what he's gotten into. Good, good. So he'll allow it. Okay. So they're watching, it seems like a spooky movie because they're sort of like, oh, having reactions. The whole house looks spooky. The house is yeah. empty. Okay, look, I'm sorry. I keep, we haven't even gotten into the motion picture, but I just need you guys to imagine just like a linoleum floored mausoleum that doesn't have enough stuff in it. Okay. Just that's the vibe. So it's already scary looking and creepy. Like the two of them in the house is like, I assumed initially that they had been tied up. You know how you said that oh, doesn't make sense right. to them be on the couch? Yeah, I assume because they were so close yes. <laughs> that they have been tied up. So cozy. It's it's one of those houses that, like, you see people posting screenshots of Zillow and being like, look at this horrific home I just found. Like, yeah. I imagine there's an entire room that is mirrors. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got, like, those chairs that go up, like, an entire story. You know, like, the <laughs> chair, like, you know when the back of the chair is, like, why is it 12 feet tall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's meant to be fashion. Very Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Okay, so that that is the vibe of this house. We're, we're not done talking about the house. We just wanted you because we're going to be referencing it a lot. So we mm-hmm, needed mm-hmm. you to be able to, like, set the scene. Cream, terrible couch. Cut to titles. Okay. Then it is daytime. We are at a high school. Vivica A. Fox is a teacher, Miss Connolly, and she is standing in front of the largest American flag I've ever seen. So <laughs> large, so large. I'm like, are we at a car dealership? Why is it so big? <laughs> it's a really big auditorium. She is leading the history club. And the, as big as this room is and she's standing at a podium, you would have thought the history club was the whole school. But the history club is about 15 kids and they are in a very large auditorium when they should be in a classroom. Okay. Yeah. And... History Club is like ending, and already my favorite line in the movie is Viv- Miss Connolly, Vivica, tells Emily, a young black girl, she says, You know, it's such a shame that more people at this school don't realize how smart and sweet you are. Maybe we should work on that? <laughs> I think that is so funny. I laughed, I screamed. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. It's such a read. And I just <laughs> want you to uh, picture a gorgeous girl. And you can tell we've we've not even heard her say any words, but you can tell she has a sweet disposition, like <laughs> an, like seems like an angel. And the whole theme of this movie, and sometimes this happens in Lifetime, where it's like 
I can't find a man. And it's like the hottest woman you've ever seen. And you you go, right. this is fundamentally flawed. So like right. this girl is, her name is Emily. She's supposed to be just the biggest dork, like loser, shy, no friends. And she's absolutely stunning. Seems really nice. Very smart. Would be homecoming queen. <laughs> it was just such a weird way to say you're shy. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, the, the, the read itself, I was like, what is she actually trying to say? Like, it was just a very strange line of dialogue. I thought it was a complicated and rude way for a teacher to tell us to, like, basically bully a student. Yes. But, you know, Emily's a sweet girl, so she just kind of smiles and is like, okay, Miss Connolly. And as she's leaving, this white boy named David Olson walks in. And now, I felt as though the music let me know he was nefarious. There was a little bit of a sting to the music. But to describe David Olson... What David Olsen is giving us is 1993 trailer skater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got like long hair, but it's fluffy. like... It's fluffy. It's flu- exactly, it's fluffy. It's not curly, yeah. y'all, because it's like straight, but it's fluffy. It's full. It's about shoulder length. It's not rock and roll either. It's not like that exactly. like hair in your face, nine inch nails. His no. hair let me know he was nefarious. I go, nope, this yeah. is obviously our bad guy. No, he was weird. Was it just me or did Vivica give him like a mm, he's cute? <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. People <laughs> acting like he cute and I'm telling you he got little kind of gobliny teeth and he got this puffy <laughs> hair. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And you know I have a very big I have a very big problem when someone's supposed to be hot and they're not. You notice know one of my biggest pet peeves. But because here's the problem. When you're supposed to be so it, when you are supposed to be so attractive that people lose all sense of reason around you, mm-hmm. I think the bar is higher. If I just saw him out somewhere, I have no problem with his face. He looks fine. Yeah. But in a world where you're supposed to be causing people to make mistakes and go against their gut. And like fall for you, you you got you gotta look like a M O D E L model, okay? Yeah, I oh, so he's new at the school and wants to be joining history club, and is like, and is everyone who was here today gonna be back? And it's like you're not good at hiding this, you know? Like it's like obviously talking about Emily. Um, he's so I I also think you need to be extra hot when you're new at school. I think you gotta be you gotta overcome new kid awkwardness by being extra, which is why he maybe could have given his hair a little blowout or pulled it back in a pony or just gave us a fresh new haircut for a brand new school. But let me tell you, this is how you know he's not quite there. Also, I'll tell you, he is a transfer student from upstate. We don't know what state it is. Shadiest, shadiest sentence I've ever heard. Upstate, and he lives with his grandma. I no, said, if you ain't murderer, hurts. I don't know who is. So, upstate, you could you say in New York. You say exactly. maybe in, uh, you do not say upstate in California. I go, right. what, what is, does he mean Fresno? What is he saying? Well, it's all very shady. Now we're back at the Ivory Mausoleum, which is Emily's home. And she is looking at pictures of her white dad who is dead. Wow. So yeah. these, these white dads. I'm telling you, the white dads do not live long. It makes me nervous. Oh, thank yeah. God Andy's not going to become a father. Because if he became a father, he'd be dead. The life expectancy of white dads in Lifetime Films is 42. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So her mom comes in, who we also know from Keeping Up with the Joneses. Yes. Love this actress. And she's giving us a totally different flavor in this film. Because mm-hmm. she was had all attitude in Keeping Up with the Joneses. She was like real bitchy. She hated everybody. Right. Businesswoman. Yeah. And, and this, it's like maternal, compassionate, sweet. She tells their daughter, she's like, listen, we're financially fine. <laughs> Dad left us a lot and this big, giant, 
strange mall house. So you don't need to be working so hard in school. You don't need a scholarship. I can pay for you. Which is her long way of saying, in other words, why don't you go have fun and make friends? Yeah. She's basically like, you. all you do is work. And it's also just like so funny that anybody is that into history club because she's really into history club. And it's like, well, why don't you do what teenagers do and hang out? I just felt like it's a strange conversation. No adults know how to talk to her. First, Vivica is like, it's a shame you have no friends. And then her mother's like, you know, you could, you don't have to worry. You don't need a scholarship. Also, like, I'm sorry. No black mother would say you don't need a scholarship. A black mother would say, get one if you can get one. Okay. Yeah. I just think History Club is a form of socializing. Like, it's not like she's just going to school and coming yeah. at home. It's like she has interests. It's World War II. The mom is also implying that high school is this, like, great time in a person's life. And I, I feel like if you pulled, <laughs> like, 30-year-olds, they would be like, no. I, I honestly hate when people refer to college as the best four years of your life. It's like, Listen, you should have fun. I want everyone to have fun. But people that are like, I love my college. I can't think of a better time. It's like, you are weird. And you, <laughs> and you need to find a hobby post being 22. Oh, that's very true. And you're probably an alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> now, we learned that Emily's birthday is coming up later that week. So we're all in kind of one, we're, we're about a week a week or two in this whole movie, but we're basically leading up to her birthday and then after her birthday. And her mom is like, why don't we throw a birthday party? And Emily's like, I have one friend. And this is oh, where, you know, made me Megan sad. checks out. She's like, how is this possible? And I also agree. I do think her, her house is weird. And if I was a teen, I wouldn't want to hang out there, but there are other things we could do together. But then we see Emily talk to her one friend, Michelle. Who looks like a model. It's like, oh, wow. Who's like two, a white girl. Who's just models. like really cute. They're giving, they're very fun though. They're very Delia's catalog. Yes. Like they would have been in a Delia's cute. catalog together. It's models. Like, we're, yeah, like we're cute high school girls and they're very sweet. And then, and here's, and now here's the other thing. They notice David Olson and this high school they're in, like we're talking California outdoor, outdoor. quad. They're the constantly dream. outside as they're walking to classes. Uh, and David is staring. Okay. He's staring at them. And now here's where I also take issue because Michelle sees him. And she is awestruck by mm -hmm. his hotness. She's mm -hmm. like, oh my God, who is that? Like, she can't even take it. They both have fluffy hair, though. Michelle and David. Yeah, Michelle and David are... They look related. Yeah, they have that, like, I watched it at night, slept on it, and now I'm at school. And so I think it, <laughs> they go, two peas in a pod. <laughs> and Emily, she does not... She doesn't even, like, entertain, like, yeah, he's cute. Like, it's just like, okay. And so then we're <laughs> back at History Club. David sits right next to Emily. On top of the girl. Damn near yeah. in her lap. Yeah, and there's so many chairs. <laughs> it's a large room. Everyone kept doing this, though. Like, also, <laughs> you see the other boys. I didn't see any other girls in History Club. You see the other boys, and you go, I think these boys would want to be Emily's friends. Like, I can't believe that they wouldn't want to. Uh, especially if she has the same interests, whatever. So David, talk about same interests, he's like, here's here's my opportunity, and he lays it on. Hey, would you um just hang out with me for a little bit? Uh, yeah, sure. Thanks for being so nice to me. It sucks being here. You know, it's like, if you ever showed up to a party late, you're stone cold sober, but everyone around you's already trashed. I just feel like you missed everything. I could see that. Miss Connolly, she's cool. She's, uh, she's awesome. I wish she said that 
80 minutes and things to come. Yeah, because it was like 45 minutes ago. What's well, your theory? What are you into? Well, I clearly like to study history. History? That's my favorite subject, too. Why? Y'all, he is mm. so uncomfortable. No yeah. one, no one is that excited about history. Like, leave even historians, okay? They're not this excited. Also, think about David that you notice in this scene and that you will see throughout. He is a very close talker, okay? Mm. Like, mm -hmm. when he's talking to Emily, like, they're standing outside over, like, and like a, an above, a little bridge, okay? This is a gorgeous campus. They're like standing on a tiny bridge. And I said, what are you doing? Where is this high school? <laughs> and when I tell you he's on top of her, I said, honey, is this not during COVID? I need six feet of distance. David, you are a stranger. Why are you on top of her? And we see him talk to like six or seven women in this film. Yeah, and he does yeah. it regardless of like yeah. age, race, gender. He also, to me, has the, the speech pattern of a much older person. Uh, like yes. I put in the notes, he talks like a 70 year old Vietnam vet, like of, <laughs> of days gone by. Right, and right. At, at this point, I'm not convinced he is, has not been Freaky Friday with someone and is an adult who is now going to school. Okay, I just, okay. I'd like to leave that open as an option. <laughs> well, after that, though, Emily, you know, because Emily, at first I thought she was lying when she goes, I have to see my guidance counselor, but she's not. She, We actually see her talk to her guidance counselor. Who is Ms. her Stein. friend, too. <laughs> and, and that's, again, I'm, I'm starting to understand Emily because I will say when I graduated high school, the people I missed the most were some teachers. Shout out to Karen Luton in English. Shout out to Carol Bowen in art. Okay. My girls. Okay. Okay. Karen and Carol. I know. Miss Stein is a part that I should have played. It's like... No, you're too young and too cool. Like, Mrs. Stein here is like... She's like giving us mom energy. You, Megan, I'm if you mom. were talking to Emily, no. Yeah, I'd be like, like, so who are the, huh? What's exactly. going on? Do you want to pack exactly. a Newport? Do you want to go get high in my Beamer? You're right. Okay. <laughs> so Emily says that she wants to major in history at USC. I love, I love when Lifetime gives us specifics. Yes, I'm glad they didn't course. say like yeah. at, at state or I know, at I university. Know, I know, like, it's like get, yeah. name check us, especially a university that had a scandal about trying to get rich kids in. Thank mm -hmm. you. Name recognition. Exactly. So, Mrs. Stein, Miss Stein, Miss, Mrs. Stein. Mrs. Stein, okay. Mrs. Stein. She's a Mrs. I'm surprised she's not a Ms. She seems like someone that would keep her professional name. She is going to set up a meeting with her friend who works at USC in admissions. Okay. So, later, Michelle and Emily, they run into David. And that obviously, like, feels... I guess it's not suspect they all to the same school. Michelle is so thirsty. And she's, like, really trying to get it. Michelle is the me of the friend group. Uh, well, I guess the friend group is just a duo. And Emily is the Naomi, for sure. He fully ignores hot, thirsty Michelle and asks <laughs> Emily out for coffee, which is, like, not what teens You're do, You're 17. I. Exactly. This is, again, part of him being weird. Like, let's go get coffee. And then he also, he's like, he's like, I don't know. Let's just get hyped up on caffeine and talk. And it's like. Sir, you're go, not even normal. Go smoke a cigarette. Do normal teen things, okay? Yeah, I was like, this is not working. And then they do go to coffee, which I'm just like, okay, cool, you're grown-ups. And then we learn that David's parents died in a plane crash. And then, of course, we know that uh, Emily's know. dad has died, so they have that bond, right? They've both been traumatized. And so in this moment, we're approximately 17 minutes into the motion picture, and my theory is... That, especially because when I tell you Emily is a black girl, 
she is not looking biracial, but she got a white dad, okay? So my theory at minute mm. 17 is mm-hmm. her white dad was also his white dad, but David never knew him, so now he has sought her out, okay? And we mm-hmm. at minute 17. Now, granted, your girl does watch a lot of Lifetime movies, so perhaps this is just in my head, but the moment he said, I was like, okay, you don't have a dad. For some reason, her dad is white. Make it make sense. This is her brother. Uh, I said, yeah. this is her brother. This is her brother. I had no theory. Honestly, I was so taken aback by his quirkiness that I like <laughs> forgot that I was supposed to be looking for a theory. But I did go, oh, his parents didn't die in a plane crash. I just yeah. didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't. I don't. I didn't buy it. Okay, so now it is Valentine's Day, which is Emily's birthday. My niece Anne, also her birthday on Valentine's Day. Happy birthday, Anne. And then aren't you the 15th? I'm the 17th. 17th. All right. All right. So it goes 14th, 17th. We're Aquarius. So do you really put CJ through his paces? Do you make him do two different gifts? I think he takes it upon himself to do it. Well, I think he knew that if he didn't, you wouldn't have let him around. Maybe that's true. (laughs) He's going to be gone. He's going to be gone on Valentine's Day. How dare he? He's going to be with a very famous WNBA player. Well, so well good Maybe for he's him. not coming back. <laughs> maybe he's about to be someone's new brown dad. <laughs> so Miss Connolly, she is teaching history. And Emily is in the class. And then the, like, at our high school, they were crush cans. You could buy someone a crush can and have it delivered to them on Valentine's Day. Wait, what's a crush can? Like a can of soda? Yeah. You know, like crush the soda. Oh, oh the soda is called. I was like, I yeah. thought like, I was like, were they crushing a the crushed can? can? I was like, why is someone like giving someone recycling? Very Indiana. No. And I went right into it. I really gave, I'm so sleep deprived because of the illness that my child's going through that my brain is actually not operating on all cylinders. That's okay. I understand. So we would give out cans of crush soda pop okay and you would buy one and like you're my pal so i would send one to you and be like naomi i like one of my favorite friends my absolute favorite podcast co-host don't tell other (laughs) megan oh my god oh my god and and that's like my valentine and so at this school they're giving out red roses now this is like kind of a lot for a school i I, like and and i look back on even the crush can because what if you don't get one which is most kids. Well, that's what people do all the time. I know. That's like what's so painful about it because they would always do stuff like that, like candy hearts or little things. Like it would be like little candy boxes and then you could get them. And of course, of course, the markup is so high. You might as well just go to Dwayne Reed. But at school, you get them and then the money goes towards, you know, like the money goes towards some like school thing. Um, Yeah, yeah. something where you're like, okay, fine. But everyone's doing it. And I think it is like, I think it's better if it's something that you like put in kids like, put it in someone's locker or something as opposed to the public display. So it's not everyone seeing it. Yes. Because even if, not only do people not get them, but then also what if you're like, I'm embarrassed. I didn't want this. Do you know what I mean? Like from whoever gave it to you. Like it becomes a much bigger thing. I would never feel that. (laughs) I would never feel, I would never go, I can't accept this. Well, speaking of, so David gets a rose delivered to him and then he turns to Emily and says, Emily Marshall. Will you accept this, Rose? Which is what they say on The Bachelor. (laughs) That's what I thought. I was like, why is he talking Bachelor talk? (laughs) And then no one's calling it out. Like, I was like, you can't use that phrase now and have people not know. It's so weird he had it delivered to himself to then give to her. It's like, I don't think that's how it works. Like, I mean, that's the least of his issues. Emily is taken, though. She's like, yes, all in. She invites him 
to her birthday party. So the birthday party has now increased by 100%. Yes. It went from one friend to two friends. It's so sweet because, you know, I put party in quotes <laughs> as I wrote I the know. notes because I just really thought that was the wrong word. We should have called it a dinner. We could have called it just like a, a gal's A party. hang. Okay? A hang, yeah. Because we cut to her party, and her party is her friend Michelle, okay? It is Emily, Michelle, and mom. And you guys, and this is why the house being so weird is even worse, because the house is already cavernous. And as we've said, it's it's beige, it's pale pink, it's linoleum, it's 19th century France touches. And then to have so few bodies in it yeah. really highlights all of that, because it's just like... If it had been warmer, if it had been wood, if we had had some stuffed, you know what I mean? Like a, an armchair, just yeah. something, it wouldn't have maybe even felt so sad because it made the birthday feel sadder. And I know that we're against mothers and daughters looking for a fresh start, but I think this would have been a good situation to be like, sell it. Maybe, let's, sell it. maybe let's get into like a ranch. Or, a condo, a two bed. Yeah, I, or even just like a three bedroom, two bath house because <laughs> this is giving, this is giving Sopranos energy. Mm. It's giving like, like, oh, a mobster lived here and was murdered, but we bought all the furniture and moved right in. Like, it's like, you don't need to be in this home. I don't. What was the white dad? Was he was he killed in a hit? I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So Michelle is still into David and flirting at the at the birthday party. But then David brings flowers for Emily and for Emily's mom, whose name is Ashley which doesn't strike me as a mom name. I know. Isn't that funny? I mean, obviously we know Ashley's her mothers. Of course. But there's something about them already like being besties and it's like, Emily and Ashley. It's like, it's like, are you both 15? Yeah. That's what it is. It feels like they're both very, they're both little girls. And then even mom is like kind of weird about the flowers. She's like, no one's giving me I flowers. Flowers. Since, it's so since, good. Since it's like, oh my God, woman, we need to get you a support group. And she immediately is like, I'm Ashley instead of like, Mrs. I don't know. Yeah, you can't stop trying to be friends with teenagers. Okay, trust me, when Conrad is 15, he will be calling me Miss Naomi. And that's only because he won't be able to pronounce Ekparagon. That's it. I love Miss Naomi. He's going to know how to pronounce Ekparagon. He's going to have lots of Nigerians around him. Okay? <laughs> lots? Okay. okay. Lots. Well, I'm best. currently uh, obsessed with this Bengals player who, no fault of his own, had a tough situation in a game. He is Nigerian and I love him. Wait a minute. Can I just tell you, just step out for one moment that when you said that it took me a second because what I heard was bangles like the band and like what you put on <laughs> your wrist. And then I had to realize you meant bangles like the tiger. Yeah. And I had to think of sports. And so thank you. Continue. I just, you know, just, our worlds are different. You know, it's really, <laughs> I just am giving stream of conscience. And if you, if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, the train passes you by, you yeah. know? And yeah, then yeah, you're, yeah, left, yeah. you're left scrambling to try and get on a train that makes sense. But okay, but speaking of passing you by in trains, okay? Because at this little party, there's a moment where it is, you know, Emily's talking to her mom about liking David. David's talking to Michelle. And it seems like, you know, we all know Michelle's thirsty. And she seems to be trying to flirt with him. But then it seems like maybe he's flirting back. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, first of all, no one else is here, so it's very obvious what you're doing. You can't be secretive. Second, you are at Emily's birthday. Why are you even remotely flirting with Michelle? So I got confused, okay? David knows no boundaries, except well, for then the, well. the only boundary he draws all film is him and Emily are sitting, they're sort of having a, a debrief post. Close, close talking, as he does. They're close on the couch. On one of these hard couches that 
feels like it should have plastic on it. It looks like it has plastic on it. The whole house looks like it has plastic on it. Yeah. Michelle is gone. Ashley is nowhere to be found. Maybe they're off together doing whippets. Who knows? <laughs> and they're chatting. And Emily is like, I'm feeling the feeling the vibe and and gets some shy girl courage and goes to kiss David. And he turns it down. He pulls her away. And then I said, "In what did I say? I said, he is her brother. That's her brother. That's her brother. Why did he know? He know he her brother. I'm going to tell you that right now. And the, re- the reason he turned it down is because he said his mom, who died in a plane crash, his dead mother, told him to always take things slow. No. Mm. Absolutely mm. not. David, that's not even a good lie. Did she call? For, was this like, David, the plane's <laughs> going the- down. Always take things slow. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing that's so funny, because for somebody who wants to take things slow, he has no problem leaving the house at the end of the party. Boundaryless. And then, like, walking around the house and looking through the window at her. Yes. And Emily for sure sees him. Yes. And then the next morning, he's even weirder. He shows up to her house at 7 a.m. Talk about, Uh let's get breakfast. And even Emily is like, what? She's like, excuse me? (laughs) Do kids go out before school? Look, he's, he's obviously not... Regular. He's already like, let's grab coffee, let's get breakfast. I'm like, I'm sorry. I was waking up five minutes before it was time to go. Okay, I was jumping in that shower and out the door. There was no up early to be... Like, if you came to me at 7 a.m., it would be like, Naomi's asleep and is not ready and will not be able to do whatever you need. Or at most, you could bring me breakfast. But he is boundaryless and that will just continue. Because then later they're at school and he's like who are you texting like it's not even just like oh who's that like trying to slide pull it off goes very hard he's very aggro and then a boy from emily's class is like hey i miss chemistry is there any way i can get the notes and she's like and we do see she is kind of shy in that interaction and and david comes up and fully technical flagrant fouls him (laughs) like he like throws him out of the way like double t you're out of the game for these antics it was just like, excuse me? And you have to remember, you guys, <laughs> she tried to kiss him the night before and he said, no, thank you. Right? So all of this aggression, it just, it comes out of nowhere. It's unwarranted. <laughs> and you have got to remember what I said about him not being fine enough for all this. Because he already suspect. And then he coming out here just body checking people for chemistry notes. I would be like, I would like a restraining order. Thank you. Like, it would be done. It would be done. And I'm just now, like, thank you for pointing out how crazy it is that he wouldn't kiss her and now is fighting people for her. (laughs) That it's like, I'm sure she's, I feel like I've had those instances where I'm like, well, (laughs) this, because he's just not that into really was a foreman of book in my life. Uh uh But like, yeah, people do play games and I am the most susceptible to them. (laughs) And so I know Emily must be reeling. Like, what is going on? It's whiplash. And plus, because she is so shy. So it's like, what is, she's like, is this love? Like, you know, she's very confused. But then Mrs. Stein notices David. And and then she goes to Vivica, Mrs. Connolly. And she calls it out. She's like, this guy David is like so weird, don't you think? And this is where I got mad at Vivica. Because Miss Connolly is like, it's fine. You know how these kids are. He's, <laughs> like, he's a nice kid. And it's like, like, there's... I was like, is he, though? We don't know him. He's new in town from upstate. Yeah. Literally, he could have falsified all of his records. I don't know why Miss Connolly is so quick to think he's okay. And Mrs. Stein saw an interaction with them. Like, he yes. was physically 
kind of assaulting he assaulted her. A student. He assaulted a student yeah. and her. I mean, I mean, another guy and then her, where it's like, it's not like Mrs. Stein is like, don't you think he has a weird face? Which would have been no. my MO. Yeah. But <laughs> she's like, hey, this kid is aggro and he's come out of nowhere. Yeah. So I'm glad that she had someone within the school watching it. To make matters worse, we cut to Ashley, Emily's mother's office, and David is sitting in her office in the middle of the day. Like, this is so insane. And and luckily, our Ashley, she's a lifetime queen because she behaves like this is insane. Listen to this interaction. I just wanted to say thank you for accepting me in your home the other day. Really meant the world to me. Oh, um, you're welcome. It's been really great getting to know you and your daughter. How are you doing, Ashley? Fine. See, Emily also told me about Dylan. And if I'm being honest, it really hit me hard when I heard about it. Why is that? I don't know. You know, it's just the thought of Emily having to grow up without her father. And you having to grow older without your husband. It's all really sad. You're right. It is sad. I'm sure it gets pretty lonely, too. Anyways, I have some things I gotta get to, so um, I'll get out of your hair. No! What? the hell? That is so, and it's like, his vibe is also kind of sexual towards her. Yes, it is lecherous. Again, he's close talking. He is leaning. Ugh. Nothing about him is okay. And we at minute 35. And so I feel like as a family, and so what? after this creepy ass interaction, Ashley calls Mrs. Connolly, who still doesn't seem to think David is sus. Well, maybe he shouldn't have just dropped in like that, but that doesn't sound too sketchy. You raised a very special young lady, Mrs. Marshall. And clearly, David agrees. This is where I got mad. This is not in line with the Vivica I know and respect. Mm -hmm. This is not the... Because I feel like, you know who the wrong Valentine is in this movie? It's Vivica. <gasps> Vivica wow. wrong. Vivica wrong in this. Yeah. Because I said... You've had two women. Two women. Also, a, ch a, a child showed up at an adult's place of business. Already sitting in her office. Not just, oh, I knocked on the door. Can I come talk to you? He sat, he was sitting in there making himself comfortable. Yeah. Legs open wide in a chair and just spinning. Yeah. No black woman, no black mother would say that was okay. Just they wouldn't. There'd be no way. You think Viv Mrs. Connolly and Emily's mother would be like, boy, get your ass out of my office. Also, he's supposed to be in school. I know. It's also like 2 p.m. Get your ass in school, David. So we need to get Ashley and Mrs. Stein together because those are the no. two going this the same range. So right. David gives Emily a birthday gift and it's like the birthday has passed. So mm -hmm. did the birthday party. Now we're five days after my birthday. Okay. Yeah, it's too much. And then, so she loves the history book. It's a history book. Exactly. The, the gift is also a history book. It's like, this is my favorite. I thought you would like it. It's like, I need y'all to calm down about all this history nonsense. I love history. Then we cut to... David in a car with Michelle. And you can tell they're at like a makeout lookout point. Yep, it's nighttime. They're at a little 
cozy cove. And they start making out. And then Michelle's like, I can't do this. She's starting to feel guilty. But she doesn't feel that guilty because they keep hooking up. And then afterwards, he's like... she kind of is like, well, that was nice. And he's like, I can't believe you would do that, you slut. You would ch- you would know. hook up with, like, it is so. He shames her. It is insane. You would hook up with your, your best friend's boyfriend or whatever. And she's like, what? And then he goes, but that was nice. Like, it is <laughs> creepy. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's whiplash. Look at us. Look at us saying the same thing at the same time. We're twins. Yeah. And I usually I usually have a tough time getting invested in the drama of high schoolers, even sometimes in these movies. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. High schoolers, I'm usually like, I'm out. When they're pregnant, I'm like, this is too much. We got to help them. <laughs> but like, this kid is so next level bad. And it honestly feels like Emily has not seen it yet. Yeah, I just felt like, though, but here's the thing. I feel like the adults in her life are letting her down. Namely, Mrs. Connolly and her mother. Because I would have been like, hey, y'all look... Because it's exactly what my mother would have called somebody. Your little like, friend. Thank you. Your little friend came to my job. It was close talking in my face about how I need a man. Yeah, I so it's like, like, you can't no, see him ever you again. You can't see him no more. Like, ever he cannot again. be around anymore. He can't be in your classes. He can't be in history club. It's a wrap on David. And then, and also, too, the way he, like, does this to Michelle, it's like, he sh- he's like, it looks like he's dropped her off back at home. Yeah. Right? And then, like, shames her. And then he calls Emily on his way home from dropping off her best friend, mm-hmm. who he just hooked up with. Hey. Hey. Did you, uh, did you get my gift today? I sure did. I've been reading it all night. Awesome. Yeah, I thought I knew everything about the fall of the Romans, but this? I guess I never really thought of it that way. Yeah, that's my, my favorite thing about it, too. So again, the games, the unhinged, I'm like, it's because it's also like, as you said, was he a Vietnam veteran in the body of a child? The machinations, the whiplash, the mood swings, the manipulations, mm-hmm. and the confidence does it all seem off. to pull it all off does not seem like a teenage boy. Do you know what I mean? Like he's like really bringing it. And so you're like, what is happening to everybody? And then the next morning, Michelle texts Emily and is like, I'm outside your house. <laughs> like that's yeah. how guilty she felt. And it's like, and but it's because, also because David's evil, right? Like if he had been nice yeah. to her, I bet she would have like kept it to herself. And or you know they, what I mean? She like, would have been like, maybe there's a future. But it, she's like, I betrayed my best friend over this. Yeah, for this terrible person. bipolar kid. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Emily is upset, and she's like, "No, get out. You're not my friend." Yeah, she tells Emily immediately, and Emily's just like, "Bye." Which I was like, good for you, Emily, right? For such a little little shy girl, they act like she can't do anything. She's like, you're not my friend. I was sad because she only has one friend. Well, you know, and this is sometimes when I say white women are a liability. Wow. You know? But then don't make your one friend a white woman. Well, exactly. That's on Emily. She had to learn that lesson early. She learned that. She learned at 17. Clip it. Get it on the internet. You can't be out here. You can't be out here with just one. You cannot. So David comes again to the house, like... No boundaries. <laughs> He's in the home. He's inside this time. And I'm like, how is he getting in? How is he getting in? We've seen a closed circuit, like, camera everywhere in this house. How is he just opening yeah. the damn door at his mausoleum? Thankfully, Emily has had enough of him at this point because of the whole Michelle situation. So she tells him to leave. And and mom, Ashley, comes in and is like, you are no good. 
And he shows his true colors. He like yeah. flexes on her and gets in her face and he's like yelling. And it's like, oh my God, kid, you are not well. But he does leave, thank God. And then Emily tells Mrs. Stein that David's a mess and she's avoiding him. And, you know, Mrs. Stein is basically like, leave these boys alone. Okay. Yeah. You're trying to get into USC. You need to focus. Forget There'll about be plenty these little of boys. time. Plenty thank of time you. for annoying white boys. And we wish, we wish a guidance counselor had told me that, okay? I wish a guidance counselor said, leave these little boys alone. And isn't that the guidance we were looking for? It's what we needed. I don't need to get, I don't need help getting into college. I need you to say, this kid who's snorting exactly. Adderall before, and before football games, I almost said NFL games. I would have like, <laughs> no, hello. I, don't leave him alone. I'll follow him. So she has the meeting coming up with the admissions guy from USC. Right. So like, then focus up, focus up. Mrs. Stein sees David at school and she gives him a warning of her own. She comes up to him in the very public hallways. Okay. This is yes, like smart. with people around. This is full daytime. And this is his response to a teacher in front of a bunch of people. Listen to this. Wait, you don't have a little crush on Emily, do you? She told me about this little meaning you and your buddies are setting up with USC. What's with all the extra help with Emily going to college? That's exactly my job. And intimidating the man in her life, is that your job too? Listen, Emily has much bigger things to focus on than fights with some stupid high school jerk. Right? You need to leave her alone. You can't tell me what to do. I'm 18. I have rights. Okay, if by rights you mean the right to be tried as an adult for harassing a minor, then yes, you're correct. You need to stop messing with her and her family, or... Or what? Or I will call the authorities. I'm getting pretty sick of no one being able to handle their own problems anymore. Do not try me, David. You got me. I'm not looking to cause any trouble. I care about Emily, okay? Do you think that it's best for her that I leave her alone? What? You don't have a crush on Emily, do you? That's crazy. That is like, like so crazy. But it's oh, it's a it's a really like disgusting but smart thing to weaponize to a uh, adult. But I'll tell you this right now, though. He's like, why are you why are you working so hard to get her to college? It's like. I'm a guy, that's my job. Like, literally, I'm a guidance counselor. If she was a gym teacher, it might be something else different. But it's like, literally, why are you so into getting Emily into college? He's such a creep, dude. He's such a creep. I think if you're an educator, if you're an educator, you can help a child reach their education. A gym teacher, I'd be fine with. Terrifying. And then yeah. the way he ends it being like, fine, I'll leave her alone. I'm like, well, come on, Nate. And she's like, she like believes him. I'm like, he's not well. Okay, yeah. and as always, he is close talking. Yes. So then we see Emily at her admissions interview with the man from USC. And they are at what can only be described as a Mexican restaurant. I don't know why <laughs> it was wasn't. a Mexican restaurant? I thought they were like at the same, I thought they were in a different area of the same coffee shop. 
that she met with little David in. I said, we are at Casa Vega from <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and they are getting a round of skinny marks. Like, oh. I was like, where are we? So she is meeting with this. He's a professor of admissions. I don't know. He's from USC. Yeah, he's a history professor. He's a history professor. Yeah. So he can, like, Runs help her. Yeah, like, you know, he can give her the wreck and help her get in there. You get the vibe it's going well. She's impressing him. And then, who scoots on into the... Mexican restaurant booth, but David, and he kisses her. This is in the middle of this meeting. In the middle of the interview. And then, and, and you can tell Emily does not want him there, but like the guy from USC is so thrown by this that like, I don't know if he knew Emily was like, this is crazy. No, they both did. Cause Emily's like, would you walk away? And the guy from USC is just like, who are you, dude? Like, he's like, cause he's like, he goes, How, how's our girl doing? And he goes, she was doing well. Like the guy, I just was so worried. I, I just was like, I cannot believe he's trying to mess this up for her. Like this man doesn't know her from Adam. So he takes it upon himself, David, that is, to be like, hey, I really want, like, it's so aggressive. It says he wants to go to USC and be in the history department. And can he get both of them in? It was like, sir, this is not how an interview goes. You don't just sidle up next to somebody in a booth and go, what about me? Can I go too? It's like, while kissing her and making it seem like she wants him there, which she obviously does not. It was so, I was like, why is he so insane? So that's how that goes. So, you know, he's really out here, close talking to everybody, ruining people's futures. And then that night, we see Mrs. Stein on the phone with her USC pal, the guy who just met with Emily. And you can tell he is telling Mrs. Stein what happened with the guy. She seems alarmed. She is alone. In a parking lot at night. At you night. guys, come on. Come on. Come Go on. on. The, I, do you come even on. need us to say this, this what is lifetime. the scene is? This is Lifetime. Okay? And uh, she's like on the phone. She's like angry. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe that kid. And, da, da, da. and then she turns around and David is standing right there. Hood up on his little hoodie standing next to her. And we see he's got something in his hand. He's got a knife. But she doesn't see it. And he is like, what's wrong, Miss Stein? You know, and she's like, I'm going to talk to the principal in the morning. Like, you need to stop this. Well, what do you think David Olson does to Mrs. Stein? He stabs homegirl in the back. I'm sorry. Just an I mean, educator trying to help. I mean, she's also, she's like, I told you to leave her alone and you're going to come up in her interview. Miss Stein is in the right here. He stabbed yep. Miss Stein. Y'all, we got to take a break because Miss Stein was doing the best. She was the only grown person who had some sense enough to be like, this boy is crazy and she got stabbed. Okay, so we got to yeah. just take a break and then regroup. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So we're back. We don't know yet, but we see Michelle and Emily. They are 
becoming friends again. Yes, they, they've reconciled. They're, they're both like, you're my one friend. We got to make this work. But they also are like, David is crazy. Yes. So that's called trauma bonding. Yes. They realize that together. It's like, oh, did you know he might be crazy? Michelle's like, he has a charmer. And I was like, he is not. No, he's not. He's unsettling in every way. And then someone comes up and tells them, Mrs. Stein is dead. She didn't need to die. No, she they didn't. They didn't need to do that. No. They didn't need to do that to We her. did not need to kill Miss Stein. We really did not. I felt like. How many good educators, how many good people are there that care about children? Not enough. And no. she was one of the good ones. I'm telling you. Because Miss Connolly out here being like, he's fine. Yeah. Okay. Is she just walking along? Okay. And so at the end of the day, Emily goes back home and she's talking to her mom about what happened to Miss Stein and mom finds out that David is still kind of bothering her and mom's like we need to go to the cops but Emily's like I don't want to do that and so but she's like I don't want to I just want him to go away because you know that feeling of being a teen where you're just like I don't want to make it a bigger thing and so it's like so you know mom's kind of like okay for now but then like moments later she sees David she's looking at their security cameras and David is there and he's standing at the front door just hair puffy as being <laughs> And she go to the door and they have an argument where he is like very menacing and like won't even leave. Like she tries to close the door and he like stops and it's like, you're going to see me again real soon. It's like, oh my God. So then finally close the door and then he sends Emily a video. Like, you know, he records himself on his phone and sends her a video that's giving American psycho realness. Listen, listen to this. You know, I mean, I just don't get it. Why are you being like this? Why are you pretending like the last week didn't happen? Like I imagined the cake we ate, the laughs we shared. I'm your first and only Valentine, for Christ's sake, Emily! And I know it can't be about that blowhard Stein. I mean, I get it, the death was tragic, but these things happen all the time. You gotta get over it. And I know it can't be about her friend from USC, because it sounds like you were using my words to get in, so I mean, I just don't get it, Emily! thing is, Emily, we're connected. We will always be connected. So why don't you stop being a bitch and call me back? The highs now, and lows, the ups and downs of that. I said this monologue belongs in the Lifetime Museum. That belongs in the Lifetime Museum. Then I said there should be a Lifetime Museum. Then my third point is the house that this movie takes place in should be the Lifetime Museum. And I think... It's on us to open it. I don't know who else is going to do that work. So we yeah, are yeah. the curators? Yeah, we'll curate. I mean, we're, okay. you know, it's going to be obviously a video, obviously a multimedia situation. And this is going to be the prime example because, I mean, you see this monologue on your phone. I, police. Dear cops at cop.gov. You know yeah. what I mean? Send them the file. <laughs> Send them the file. And like to make a video too, instead yeah. of just like a voicemail, but like, right. no, I need her to see my facial expressions. And it's yeah. like, that's taking up a lot of storage on your phone. Like how many, <laughs> it feels like he's probably made videos like this before. Okay. Oh yeah. He loves it. So now Emily's like, I got to take matters into my own hands because I got a real psycho on my case. So Emily goes into a teacher's office and she gets David's file from him transferring to this school. She does take pictures of it because, you know, you can't just be taking it out. They may, because I have a feeling he's causing a lot of issues. People are like, let me go look at that file. (laughs) 
so she finds out what his old school was. She calls them and she has no plan. She's just like, hi, I'm I'm a friend of one of your students. Can I have some information? And it's like, say you're Mrs. Stein. They're like, no, girl. I know. I thought she was going to pretend to be a doctor. She was going to pretend to be a cop. She was literally just like, can I get some info? And they're like, no, ma'am. They say no. And then she says his name, David Olson. And the line goes quiet. But the guy he's is still dead there. Silent. Dead and she's like, silent. why did you go quiet? And he's like, I can't tell you. And it's like, just <laughs> tell her. What did he do? Exactly. Well, because I think even if he had said, if she had said too, she also could have said the truth and be like, hi, I'm being harassed by someone. And need, you know what I mean? Like that maybe could have gotten the person to soften, right? Because if you once you say David and the person's like, oh, I know this kid is crazy. Yeah. Maybe he'd be like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. You know what I mean? Something right. to help, help her just in her journey to just run out, not up. Something. Hello. Something. Meanwhile, at Mom Ashley's office, the place has been ransacked and her assistant called the cops. And then this young black cop comes in and he is clearly useless, but handsome, as Megan Gailey says. He is. I was so into this cop physically. He was a handsome young man. Oh, and like something about his nonchalance. For solving this crime. <laughs> I found, I said, be nonchalant about me. You're like, he is attractive. He does not care. So a- Ashley, mom Ashley is like, well, there is this psycho <laughs> who has been doing psychotic things. And the cop's like, can't do anything. And you go, okay, yeah. well, thank you for your hot help. <laughs> and then Emily is able to track down where David lives. I thought it was going to be not good. This looks like a lovely family home. Well, he's got a little apartment somewhere. He's got a little apartment. And that's true. I thought he was going to be like living in like a crawl space or he a was going to be like, yeah, like in a, I don't know, a drainage pipe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I didn't right. think he was actually going to be enrolled in the school. No, I thought it was going to be under like a, a train bridge. Yeah. Because he says he lives with his grandma. And I'm like, I could see a grandma being here. But the moment he started close talking, I said that grandma's head is in a backpack. Like he was giving <sighs> me that vibe. Uh, that there was no grandma whatsoever. Yeah, you're right. So she sees pictures that predate, like, them actually meeting. So he's been following her and Mm -hmm. her mom for a while. She finds all this stuff on his computer. No one's computer in a Lifetime movie is password protected. I don't know anyone who doesn't have a password on their computer. I know. And I especially think when you are a murderer, a stalker, you need to be password protecting. I'm like, when you're doing nefarious things, it should be hard to get at them. Yeah, I I think (laughs) two-level... Two-factor authentication? A, yes. You want a two-factor. Thank yeah. you. And my Gmail has that. And you're <laughs> telling me a little psycho David doesn't have one? Okay. We also see that he had a psych avail. Spoiler, he failed. <laughs> and unfortunately, his parents did not die in a plane crash, as we predicted. His mother committed suicide. And she did abuse him. It did cause him to be institutionalized. But the big headline here is that his dad is Emily's dad. what I say, okay? And this is one of these key takeaways. When somebody is obsessed with you out of nowhere, they probably your half-sibling. I'm going to tell you that right now, okay? So when you meet people, people new in your life, they say they're coming from upstate, they say they're new in town, and they really want to get close to you, they related to you. Yeah, especially if they don't want to kiss you. If someone doesn't want to kiss you, even if you know their parents, suspect that they... <laughs> 
are your half sibling because people <laughs> want to kiss. So it's like, yeah, people want to kiss. That is right, Megan. People want to kiss. Naomi, next time I see you, I'm kissing you. And if you don't want to kiss me, I'm going to go, well, looks like we share a father. <laughs> I'd be happy to share Jeff, quite honestly. I do feel bad that his mom abused him. His mom seems not well. Well, it's like, you know, somebody abused him because he ain't well. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, he's so not well that you're like, yeah, he went through something. I thought he abused himself. I thought he was close talking himself in the mirror. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, so now we're really reaching the climax. Well, so then there's a little moment that's kind of scary where, you know, Emily's like, you know, she's got all this information and she's trying to leave, but then the door's opening. So it's like, David's coming in the house. Luckily, Emily manages to rush out before he can see her because I said, oh my God, if he find her in this house. I think he saw it was her. I think he saw it was her, but she's away. Yeah, she's out. She's out. She's managed. She calls her mom on the way home and mom is like, I got some information too. And while that's happening, we see that Megan's favorite detective approach Miss Connolly, ask, you know, because basically like, hey, this stuff is going down with a student named Emily and perhaps a guy named David. And then Miss Connolly's like, you know, his name's coming up a lot lately. That does sound familiar. It's like, yeah, she's finally ready to spill the tea to a hot detective. And then I go, you know, if you're going to hold out, I think these two, I want to follow that. The wrong first date. <laughs> so the, the detective is piecing together that maybe David Olson, fluffy hair or not, isn't well. So Emily tells her mom everything really buries the lead because she's like, and guess what? Dad, her dad's name is Dylan. She's like, guess what? Dad is also his dad. And so we are led to believe that dad Dylan knew nothing about David. I don't know if I buy it. Right. Well, because also here's the thing, right? Because what is he? a year older than Emily, maybe? Yeah. And the idea that they dated before they got together? You see what I'm saying? Like, if they're only a year apart, he got David's mom pregnant, but then got with Ashley, married her, had Emily? Three months a year? That's what I'm saying. I'm like... No. We're led to believe the mom um, is not well. David's mom is not well. Yeah, yeah, she was not well. And it's like, you think she's just keeping a pregnancy to herself? To her right. crazy self? I don't think so. No, absolutely not. So. And so as you know, and and Ashley, you know, is like, take it's like, oh my God, if we had known about him, we would have helped him is what she says. And I'm like, no, y'all wouldn't. Have. Y'all, you, granted, you've got plenty of room in the mausoleum for one more kid, but I don't think you would have. <laughs> but then as this is happening, David is at the door, their front door screaming. And I said, this actor must have watched Mark Wahlberg in fear because he is giving. He is giving Mark Wahlberg in fear. Is there any movie we reference more than fear. I don't think there is because a lot of these white boys who are injuring themselves, screaming, making someone fall in love with them and then becoming possessive. It's all it's all derived from fear. Really? It is. A, it is. A formative movie of our generation. Because I think in a lot of ways, fear is a lifetime movie that managed to yeah. make it to the big screen. Right. Right. Exactly. Like fear was I mean, it is really a lifetime movie that for some reason, played in theaters around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they call the police. And also someone from the mental hospital where David was kept is going to come to town to, quote unquote, collect him. And it's like, mm, that mm. seems like that's going to take a while. Exactly. <laughs> <Come> to town. <laughs> exactly. And, and the cops. So it's like, after, but like David was out there screaming. Then he left and nobody know where he is. No. So this attractive police officer is like, I'll be outside. I'll be watching the house. Yeah. He, and he's done, he's done 
up like inside. He's checked. He's checked the perimeter. He's like, that crazy white boy is not here. Well, then, honey, he goes, I'll be outside. We'll cut to him standing outside by the pool. David come up behind him and pull him off the screen. So <laughs> he didn't last very long. Mom Ashley sees all this for having. No, like, I what's... don't think he, she sees it happen. She like just sees that the guy's gone, right? Oh, like, you're right. She goes you're from right. seeing it to then seeing like, oh, where did he go? He was just right, right there. But then she can't even do anything because then who comes behind her with a gun to her head? David. And I just want to say for having what seems like an expensive top of the line security system. And a lot of these people in Lifetime Films do. It's not keeping them safe. Like It's, it's really not. It's really, if anything, it's just like, would you like to see the footage of you being attacked? <laughs> okay, so Emily comes into the room, finds her mom tied up. Can we just talk about, I'm sorry to, to keep harping on it, but when you see how empty this room is, it's like a giant linoleum floor with one chair in the center. Mm-hmm. And I said, mm-hmm. what room is this supposed to be? Is it supposed to be the living room? Is it supposed to be the dance floor? Is it... Like, what's going on there? I think it's supposed to be the cocaine dance floor room. Okay, okay. That's not what they're using it for, but someone but at in the some past. time. Yes, yeah. it was a cocaine dance floor room. Okay. Absolutely. This house was owned by a porn director, and Dylan, <laughs> the white dad, got a deal on it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, And yeah, he yeah. was running away from his crazy, crazy ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that what that show was about? Yes, it was. And then he said, okay, I'm going to move my family into here, and now I'm dead. So... Mom Ashley is tied up. David gives us the classic Lifetime monologue. Okay. You guys deserve an explanation. Both of you. First thing that I'd like to say is that I really do wish that you were my mom. I imagine how different my life would be without the random beatings and the scent of Brandy wafting off of her breath as she tells me over and over and over again that I will be a disappointment just like my father. Our father. Now it seems that I just reminded her too much of her great romance. She was hurt badly when he left. So she hurt me. But despite all of that, no matter how crazy that it sounds, she still loved him. When she found out that he passed away, she lost it. But you know what? She finally told me my father's name, where he lived, and told me all about the little family that he made after they broke up. And after all that, she killed herself. With this. You know, I was going to use this to kill Mrs. Stein. But I decided to save this for just this occasion. He is mad that they have this perfect life and that he had nothing. He was left with his crazy mom. Right, right. And it's like, "Mm, I think you should be mad at Dylan. Yeah, I think you should be mad at Dylan. I think you could also be mad at like, Childcare system, social work. I mean, were you looking? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Did you ever? Did you knock on the door and say, "Hi, I'm your kid," and give them an opportunity to take you? But also, just be like, "Hi, my mother's abusing me. Uh, could I go stay somewhere else, please?" I mean, again, we're not blaming a victim, but I we think are. it's not fair. Of, well, <laughs> I think we are, but I believe it's not fair for David to blame Emily and Ashley. There are other people you could blame. You don't have to kill Miss Stein. And then he basically talks about how when he got out of the mental 
hospital. He stalked Emily, saw how great her life was. He was determined to bring her down. And as he's monologuing, and this is what this is what these guys have got to remember when they're monologuing. You're giving your victim time, time. to untie their bindings. Yeah. Okay? You're giving them time. You're giving them time to work those knots. And unless you're a sailor, I'm telling you, the knots ain't tight. Mm-hmm. They're not. Mm-hmm. So Ashley, like, starts to talk to David where she's like, you know, we could have helped you. You don't have to do this, you know? And basically, as he's focused on her, she gets her hands free and she, like, kind of, like, jumps on him. Is like, Emily, run! And Emily grabs the gun and she shoots just as Miss Connolly walks in, Vivica. Yeah. Listen to this. Oh, good Lord. Oh, I just wanted to make sure that you two were okay. Is he dead? I sure hope not. Emily, it looks like you picked the wrong Valentine. <laughs> wow. And it's I scream. Like this- I scream. <laughs> I screamed. Can I be this for Halloween? Can I be the sentence, Emily, it looks like you picked the wrong Valentine. (laughs) Can I do that? Like, as a costume? I don't know how I would embody it. Just Vivica in a trench coat being like, I came to check on you. It looks like you picked the wrong Valentine. Yeah, and I think you could have a picture of David with, like, hearts around it and then, like, a big giant red X through it. Okay, maybe so. It is interesting that Miss Connolly, who has not been concerned at all, was like, (laughs) I'm going to swing by. Let me swing by. Let me just see. I also want to say, like, this is a wrong movie. Vivica gave us, what, two days of work? Vivica said, I will stand in front of the American flag. Yeah. In one day. Uh-huh. She said, we will also then tack on a hallway moment with an attractive cop. I don't even know if she cop. had to do two days. I don't, I, and it then she been... came to the house. And then she came to the house. Day and a half. She said, I'll give, I'll give you this. And then you call it a wrong movie. Three locations. Yeah, so we have one other little scene. Emily has a nightmare that David is alive, but he's dead, I guess. Like, so Emily killed him? But no, but this thing, because she's like, is he dead? I hope not. And then she, and then mom, like, because basically there's a moment where she thinks he's like, he like pops up next to her. Yeah. But then mom is like, he's, it's okay. He's, he's gone. He can't hurt us. So I'm like, is he in jail? This is one of those where I could have used a little like a jailhouse moment of David. You know, I want that in every movie. I know. I love a jailhouse coda. A jailhouse coda that just kind of closes the loop. What are they doing? Like, is he is he in the kitchen working in jail? Is he in the insane asylum? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could have used David in Arkham Asylum. That could have been a fun moment. Just, just a, a beat. beat. Just a beat. Letting us know Ugh. he'll never he'll never forgive her. You know, just something. And he also makes a big show of being like, I'm 18, I'm an adult. Like, he's a gone away. So, like, she, you know what I mean? Like, if you kill an adult, if you're an adult and you killed somebody, it's like, well, that's it, David. I just realized this. I feel like her chances to get into USC are not great now. <laughs> I mean, her boyfriend okay, okay. killed. Wait, wait, wait. You say they're not great. I say she's got one hell of an essay. Essay, yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. You telling me? You telling me? You don't think that history professor's like, well, your boyfriend did kill my friend. <laughs> but also she's like, yes, but then I did bring him down. I did bring him down. Yeah. You know? Because think about her history essay. The whole, th- right? Because the whole theme of history is basically like, why you have to know your past. See, I didn't know my dad had uh, another kid. And then that kid decided to stalk and torment me and then kill my teacher. This is why I care so much about history. It's like, checkmate. You're magna cum laude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I hope she got in. I would like a follow up on that, too. Okay, great news, you guys. Next week is our 
100th episode. We got to get one Mm. of those big cakes like this is home improvement. (laughs) So make sure you catch up on all of our episodes and join us next week as we lay down the lifetime movie rules leading up to the deadliest lifetime scenario as approved by us. As approved. As approved. Now, go out there. Have some fun. Get on a comfy couch. Curl up with a blanket probably from our store, and get you a lifetime marathon so you can keep up next week. Ooh, I'm excited. See you then. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new Bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by The Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host, okay? (laughs) It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.